Hey, what's up, Maccabee? How are you? I am good. I can hear you. Yet. Give me one second. Oh, that's because this is um this is purely audio. This is an audio podcast. Cool. Works even better for me. <laughs> I figure I work smart, not hard, man. But what's up? How are you? Yeah. Another day of fun, man. What can I say? It's just a it's a blessing when you can wake up. Absolutely. Absolutely. Every day is a good day above ground, right? Amen, amen to that. <laughs> so, um, disclaimer or a little bit of backstory for those that are going to be listening. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had the pleasure of connecting with Maccabee, um, and I'm sure he will fill in the blanks because that's the beautiful thing about creativity that sometimes your paths cross seamlessly. Um, and I believe we met on a app called Wisdom, uh, which is another, I guess it's similar to podcasting. And True. I loved some of the things that he was talking about, man. It, it, it really, I found myself really, really being drawn to some of the things that he was talking about. Um, in terms of just, I guess, holding men to a higher standard, um, and I'm just going off of some of the topics and things like that that you were talking about. Maybe I'm wrong, but oh no, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Don't make me blush. <laughs> Listen, I had to get you back, man, because you did a major shot. I came on your show with Marcella, so I had to get you back in some kind of way, man. You had it coming. You, you did. You had it coming. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, but... I take it with I take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> that's the best way to take them man that's the best way to take them um so for those that are going to be listening please enlighten us with a little bit of what you do or all of it depending on how much time you have oh lord i don't know if i (laughs) I don't know if i have that much time um if i did i think we'd be here for hours upon hours um summarize i am a voice actor i've been doing it for over uh, almost three years professionally i -hmm. grew up in the theater i grew up doing uh high school and uh community theater as well as uh college i went to uh, vincent's university got my degree in theatrical production which meant i basically learned everything that has to do with theater uh, not just acting um, went into the military, uh, did that for almost 10 years, got out, decided I wanted to try to do supply chain management since that's well what I did uh, and didn't like it, couldn't deal with it, got, uh, got out, had to take care of my family, got laid off. And uh, during that time that I was laid off, uh, learned about Dungeons and Dragons again um, and just fell in love with it it got me into voice acting and uh, i've been doing it for a long time it feels like at least um but i'm also like uh like he said i am the co-host of a podcast called beyond the pen and we bring authors on there to tell us about themselves their books and the story behind the story because we want to have that personal connection between author and writer or author and reader excuse me and then, of course, I am starting a new service uh, for my, my <laughs> which is always fun for uh, specifically for authors, um, is where I am doing a character development with them. And what that means is that I actually 
talk to them about what their fictional story is, uh, historical fiction, whatever the case may be. And we sit down and we develop characters specifically for their story. Um, so they are fully fleshed out. Um, I actually write a background story. I actually go back around three generations back um, because I feel like not only does environment uh, develop a character, but it also genetics have a purpose in it, involved in that too. And so that's one of the things I'm trying to present to authors as well as lore in general. So it, it's a way to help to because if there's one thing I know about fiction, it is the fact that coming up with characters and lore for your world is one of the hardest things to do before you even start on your narrative. Yeah. So it's just a service that I'm trying to provide for people right now. Well, that's definitely uh, an awesome service. Um, and I'm hoping that that really takes off in that because I feel like um, even though it's, it's fiction, there is a little bit of um reality even in fiction right oh yeah so like so i love that that's what do um with authors and kind of give them a um like if they could create their own character if you will who would it be like what would what type of um person have what would they be known for so on and so on so um i love that you're setting that up man um is it something that's already done or is it a work in progress it is something what do you mean in regards to the service or just uh the characters themselves uh the characters themselves i have a few of them um that i already have created for people um i'll give you an example one of them actually i'll give you two mm -hmm. uh one is called her name is fiona and she is a changeling so think of someone that's like um uh mystique nice and for her, it is the backstory that I gave her is that she comes from a long line of uh, of changelings within her bloodline. The problem is her grandfather, um, mm -hmm. her grandmother, yeah, her grandmother and her excuse me, her grandfather and her great aunt uh, did not really have a life in that area. Right. Uh, per se to someone that's normal you know an elf or a dwarf halfling you know any of these things um because changelings were always considered uh a what's the word i want to say um they were always looked at as mysterious um, uh like oh mysterious not really mysterious but more uh um you never knew what was going on you, you they they were thought of as okay they could be good they could be bad but they were very uh very trick they played lots of tricks yeah. um because of the fact of what they can do and so they're not looked real good upon when it comes to the society so a lot of because a little bit of backstory with it is that uh changelings they can either be good or evil the evil ones decide that they just want to use their gift mm -hmm. as a way to get into a better place. So they will do whatever they need to do to take the uh, place of someone else that's already in a position of power. Um, they will do all those th the research that they need to take their place. 
Now, there are other ones that do not do that. They just try to live a normal life. Well, the reason why I created this character was because there was another podcaster that I was working with and she told me about the things that she went through in her life. Mm -hmm. And it was just something I really felt like it it really talked about her because of the things that she went through. Um, Just to give you a little bit more background on her, she was in a position that uh, she was sexually assaulted um, at a very older age and not a young age, but an older age. And she felt like no one was listening to her, even though she pre- it, everything was real and everything was true that she was saying, people just kept on downgrading what happened to her. So she felt like she just wanted to be a chameleon and just disappear from everybody else and just live a normal, happy life. Well, this it basically is the same thing with um, Fiona. And one of the things that they found out was is that with her character, it is she's trying to figure out what happened to her parents how they um how they were put in a position that really put them in harm's way and one of the things that she's trying to do is find a plant that uh act that was being researched by her mom that was very brand new in the realm that they were in and it turned out to be a poison and since no one's seen it, she just wants to know why someone basically targeted her mother as well as many other in powerful positions. So these are things that I do. I always go back at least three generations, like I said. So I've got backstories for her great grandparents, her grandparents, and uh, her great uncles and aunts, as well as her parents. So when I actually write a character's background story, I'm also writing at least 10 other background stories. So between her and Lucy, uh, which I also (laughs) did for another podcaster, um, Lucy is a very uh, complicated character because of the fact that she has multiple personalities. Yeah. And the fun thing that I, I put a twist on is like, you know, you can always create a multiple personality character. It's not a, that's a, not a problem, but why not have a personality having a personality? So because of her ego, Lucy was brought up in the, in the, uh, carnival and she became, she, she was one of the, uh, horseback riders, the trick mm-hmm. riders. And with her, she just let it, you know, get to her head. People were getting tired of it. And when thugs came in to get the money from the carnival owner, um, she basically put her up as the payment. And then she was thrown into uh, slavery, per se. And it, it gets a little bit tricky on a lot of things. But basically, through the time that the point that she was, that uh, she blacked out when she first got into that to about 10 years later um, she has no clue about she just knows that she woke up 10 years older lots of scars her body was different and she just didn't know what was going on until she looked at these journals and it turned out that one of her uh, personalities basically took control of her body the entire time became this um, kingpin for Mm -hmm. the underworld and when she wanted to get out, she got out. Uh, 
the main reason why was because her personality that she found uh, was her consciousness. So mm. it basically just brought her into a whole different level of, okay, now we're looking at it as, okay, we have the normal character and then you have, you know, the good, the angel on the left and the devil on the right kind of, kind of yeah. ideas. But, you know, th these are like little things that I have for them. And again, not only do I have it for her, I have it for at least 10 other characters as well, plus a couple of supporting actors. That's a, um, an amazing concept. I think it's really cool. And I could, while you were explaining it to me, um, or the audience, I could visualize everything that you said, because I'm visual, like I'm a visual mm -hmm. learner. So when people start talking about certain things, I could just, I can kind of go with them along on the journey. So um, I love that that's what you're doing, man. I think that that's super cool to do. Um, well, it's fun. It, it, it's one of those things that I really enjoy to do. And, you know, it's it, just because it comes, I guess, just because it comes natural to me just to think of things off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, just because of improv classes and stuff like that, that let me let me make you one for you. Um, sure. I see because I know you. Um, I would say if I was building a character specifically for you, I would say that you are a, I would say closer to a paladin, uh, if I was going fantasy lore, um, as well, because here's the thing about paladins, they're not, it's not specifically to a god, but more of an oath. So yeah. for you, I see you as taking an oath of protecting those as well as educating people. Um, being able to provide a service to people that will allow them to prosper. But in that, and also that point, um, because of what you do, I see you also as a merchant, you know, someone that works with florists who, to create these uh, very uh, imaginative and expressive uh, fragrances for perfumes. So even though you have that real, uh, rigid part of you you also have that very soft side of you because you enjoy things and enjoy yeah. the 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 smaller things in life and you always have this oath of if if the world is going to take care of the lilies if the gods can take care of the lilies why can't i take care of the lilies and the lilies in your case are the god's people so i see you very very strong very uh upfront and personal when it comes yeah. to people but yet you are very comforting to those who are in harm in harm's way so but here's the great thing about having that same character you can take that same character and put them in an entirely different genre you yeah. know i can see that same character still put into a sci-fi area as well as a you know maybe a romantic area as well you know, they're the murder mystery. There's all kinds of things that these same characters that I'm just using fantasy as a first start. Sure. But you can throw them into different genres and they still work. Um, okay, so I'm totally mind blown. Um, <laughs> definitely mind blown. Uh, but that's definitely, that's pretty spot on, man. I gotta say. Um, and that's why I tell people, like, even even my actual life, um, 
it's quiet. So it makes way for me to have space to like talk to people and be uh, emotionally available for people if in the event that they need it. Like so, like yeah, that's pretty spot on, man. Um, I would I would definitely go with that description. That that that's fits. Um, and I always love like character analysis. Like I, outside of my own writing and fragrance and all that stuff. I love that type of stuff. So you are talking to the right person, man. I love this stuff. Um, um, uh, I had another question for you, but I forget. Um, no, because yeah, listen, like once I'm listening to somebody, like they have like on my undivided attention. So um, sometimes it makes me forget what the hell my next question is going to be. But you're you're fine, dude. You're fine. <laughs> it, it's one of those things I really enjoy doing it, and, and even with voice acting, it's it's pretty much the same thing. It's just taking it from a different point of view. Yeah. Um, the, these are ways, and I'll give you an example of it when it comes to voiceover, is the fact that you're taking a character's personality, <clears throat> excuse me, you're taking a person's char- uh, characteristics and you're trying to find s- stuff that's in your own personal life yeah. that you can connect with to make that character feel more realistic. And even as, a, as an author, and you all, obviously you know this more than anybody else, is that you're always trying to create this empathetic feeling for the characters. That way people are going to want to be able to continue reading the book instead of just like going maybe not even five pages like, okay, this is done. I'm not, this is not me. Yeah. But if you can hook them within that first page, you've got them for the rest of the time. And the best way to do that is at least set something up that's going to make them want to connect with that character you know one of the things that i just i i have uh learned from sorry i'm walking away from my mic um one of the things i've learned from a a, a author by the name of jeff gurk uh g-e-r-k-e uh is a book he wrote called hack your reader's brain Mm. and it's a way that people can if you read it it's really good and, and getting people getting authors to really look at okay what is it that and this is proven with science as well uh he worked with a neurologist uh by the name of dr zach uh, yeah. uh z-a-k and there was a a test that was done back in i think it was in the early 2000s um that they did that was like okay we are going to present you with a video and it's just really just a dad walking with the son through the zoo that's it mm-hmm. there's nothing amazing about it nothing really memorable about it and then they sh- they stopped it asked them the uh, audience anything about it really there's nothing there people didn't care because it was just them walking and then they said okay well, here's the backstory to this. And they told a story about how the child, the father and the son were walking through the zoo because this was the this was most likely the son's last day here on earth because he was dealing with cancer. And so yeah. his dad really wanted to take him to the zoo one last time because that's all he wanted to do. For his final day, he just wanted to go to the zoo. And with that out there, they showed the same video, nothing changed on the video, 
Yeah. But it was that information in the back of the audience's mind that made them feel more empathetic to yeah. the to the child and to the dad. And they really had an entirely different way of thinking. And here's the science about part. When your brain sees these things as empathy within characters, there's a chemical that your body creates. And I can't remember specifically what it is. Mm -hmm. And they decided to take blood work. And they noticed that, again, the when they first saw it at the beginning, there was no change in the, in this specific um, this specific chemical in the blood. But yet after that whole thing, they took the same blood samples, nothing changed, except for the, the specific chemical was off the charts within the bloodstream. And this is just one of those things like, okay, this is what we need to do as authors. We want to take this same information, hack our readers' brains, and just go with it put them in specific you know situations that are going to be dangerous or you know these little twists of fate for them at the moment that you never saw before you yeah. know these are things that are really going to get people to connect with their characters so that's yeah. something that i try to do with my my characters and so that i can present it to authors and say hey here's a character that's already fleshed out here's a character that has everything that you were wanting and more and then you can take that same character mm -hmm. and just run with whatever narrative you want to take them to yeah um i definitely love that concept and uh when you were describing the scenario of um the father and the child uh and it being their last walk together um like even with that, I could picture it being like a quiet day, not a lot of people around, and it just being a very um, intimate experience between mm -hmm. the father and his and his child. Um, not to say that it's you know like a barren wasteland or anything that there's right. people around, but it's not. It's not uh, right. to the point that the child is drowned out by everybody else. It's maybe 10 people in the zoo or something along those lines so i love it man like i, I do i love that um and you said that that was from a book right yes uh ah, i just put it back uh the book is called hack your reader's brain by jeff gurk g-e-r-k-e -E. you can find it on amazon i think i bought it for like 10 bucks it's not it's not a very long book you can get go through it within a day if you just read it there's only 72 pages in it but if you analyze it like i have yeah. oh shoot I, <laughs> I i spend like day upon day upon day on this thing <laughs> it, it's crazy it, it's starting to be slowly be like one of my bibles when it comes to writing now yeah so yeah i'm definitely gonna have to um i'm gonna check that book out um and that reminds me of uh, one of the books that I'm also uh, working on because um, I'm working, I haven't told anybody, I haven't made any until right now, but uh, I'm working on a sequel to the book that you read. I think I sent you like a digital copy. Ooh, yes. Oh, uh, yes, yes, yes. That was a good I, one. I, I'm glad, man. I appreciate it. Uh, but I, one of the chapters that I talk about in it is the concept of like one night right yep. so you um 
people in life that are just really awesome in their own way, right? And you spend a lot of time with them, so on and so on. But because time is flying so fast these days, um, even if it's a weekend from from Friday to Monday or Friday to Sunday, um, because time is flying so fast, it feels like one night and you don't want that night to end anytime soon. But you realize that even with that, everybody's, you know, got to eventually get back to their own life. Or if, if you're not sharing life, uh, everybody's eventually got to get back to their own individual things that they're doing. But just coming across people that, um, like I said, are really amazing in their own sense. Like they've done great things for themselves. They might be in school. They might be writing like we're talking about or whatever they're doing. But they're just finding their own ways to be great. And you're um, taking a weekend or you're taking the time out to share that with them. But even though it's not just 24 hours, it feels like that because it's you enjoy their company. You enjoy Mm -hmm. their having like those intimate moments or intimate conversations with them. And then when you realize that it's time to go, it's like, man, gosh, damn it, man. Like, I don't want to leave this person. I don't yeah, want them to absolutely. go anywhere. It's, you realize at some point that they have to go because we all have our own individual things that we do. So um, that's just one chapter. I'm just giving like a quick an- a synopsis of it, I guess. But that is something hey. that I've been uh, actually working on since around the time when I started the first one, um, part one. I didn't intend on this to be a part two, but people just have related to that, like of wanting to share those moments with a person or with a group as much as I can, because you can look up tomorrow and be 50 years old. So it's like, because time just is just flying now. So it kind of causes you to appreciate the concept of one night. So that's, that's just one. I've got like 20 right now, but yeah, that's just one. That's just one job. You know, I love that because, you know, it's funny as actually this morning, I was mm-hmm. actually having that moment like, oh, my God, I'm 42. Where the hell did the rest <laughs> of my life go? I still remember just being a freaking 19 year old going into college. I yeah, remember man. this and then like, holy crap, all the people that I've met and left and we've moved on from other one another, you know, and I see, you know, since last we spoke, you know, I, I've actually talked, taken in my uh, 19-year-old sister. Um, and, you know, it's just seeing, like, that life at that time again. I still see it in my 15-year-old and my 6-year-old, too. Yeah. But it was just something that she started saying. It's like, I want to be a director. I want to be able to do this and that. I'm like, okay, okay, here's reality. This is what you need to do to get into that that you know <laughs> that industry and she's like telling yeah. me all the things that she really liked to do about it. i'm like okay well you're gonna have to do this and that first and i started to notice like oh my god i wish someone had done this to me like years ago because yeah. it was one of those <laughs> feelings like now i'm in that position of okay i'm the i'm the like obi-wan kenobi to to somebody to their luke or yeah. you know you know uh the Han Solo sometimes to the Chewy, uh, yeah. depending on how you Wars. put it. 
I love all yeah. the Star Wars references, man. I love them. Well, it's the it's thing that came to mind. Um, I could say, you know, Professor Xavier to your Storm or your to your uh, Cyclops, but, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll go to different places. Jean Grey. Um, but it is that idea that you just feel like you're at that age where you have so much life experience that you've slowly started to become this expert at at least something which is life yeah and sometimes i have to like bring myself like i'm not her dad i'm her brother if she wants my <laughs> advice she'll let me know about it but there are some points so like okay you're just at a point where i just need to stop you right here and we need to get you in line because this is what's going to happen if you stay on this road so yeah yeah this is one sure, of the things i definitely understand what you mean with that yeah um I still haven't wrapped my brain around the fact that I'll be 40 in like five years. I, I still haven't gotten there yet. I, I haven't. Um, it, it Trust me, it'll go by quickly. You don't, <laughs> you, I'm serious. Like, I still remember getting out of the military at the age of 35. Uh, I was medically retired, so I didn't have a choice. Um, mm -hmm. But it was still the idea of like, okay, I've hit that chapter of my life. What's the next chapter? going to be like yeah and that beginning that beginning part of that was really hard because <laughs> like oh it's like just it's really weird how chapters work sometimes in our lives because you feel like you're going to another chapter but it's like no this is like the intermediate area this is like the the page actually turning to the next chapter and it's, it's yeah. really it's hard to really look at it that way sometimes but that's that's the way it is, honestly, because you may think you're the chapter's ended, but you're like, okay, what's tomorrow going to be like? Okay, what is it going to be feeling like? And yeah. that's what I love about books now. You know, I, I I will be the first one to admit I was not a book reader before I started my podcast <laughs> by any means necessary. I I hated. I I would go to people and it's like, okay, you've already read it. What is it about? Just tell me, um, so I don't have to deal with it. Um, because books would put me to sleep, but it's been since I started my podcast, Beyond the Pen. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> sorry, I had to do it. Um, no, of it course, there's space for it, man. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like one of those selfish plugs, like, you know, I gotta put it in there. Uh, but it, it is. It, I've literally, over the years, I've realized that when chapters end, mm -hmm. you still have that time where you're, you're turning the page. And yeah. that page can take you know a year three years before it starts hitting again you know and it's it's funny how it really works and it's very i don't like to get very philosophical with stuff but it is it really is a page turn and that's a great thing about life is and even as a writer yeah you know it is one of those things that i really love doing even as a voice act as a voice actor too is that I love hearing people's personal stories because as we all know, sometimes truth is more than fiction is a lot more interesting than fiction. Um, <laughs> it, it's, it's real. It's weird. It's weird like that. I, I had a gentleman, uh, that was, I've been working with a, a young lady. Her name is Carol Long. She has a company called the memory collective. And it's basically where she takes people's, uh, family's personal stories and mm -hmm. she transcribes them into a book for them nice. and one of the things that we were doing is that we were working on a, a, a media version of that 
And when it, we were using her great, uh, great uncle, who was a World War II vet, as a pilot, basically, for this. And the stories that I just found out just by the things that he left behind, the video stories that he talked about, yeah. and then going through history, because again, as a, a veteran of the army, I have a tendency of understanding a lot more of when someone has what's called a DD form 214. And that's basically your retirement uh, paperwork saying that, yes, you did retire from the military. Here's all the awards, all the places that you've been to, uh, well, all the awards, your basic information, and then uh, a few other things on there as well, your time that you've been in. But for me, it was like, okay, I'm just going to look at his awards and I'll base, I'll just figure out where he's been at based off of those. Yeah. And one of the things that he did was so dang interesting about it was that when he came in, it was right after uh, the bombing of Pearl Harbor and his brother was already in the army at that time. He was 19 when it happened. Mm -hmm. And after he got in, um, he became a plane, a engine mechanic. And during that time, they weren't just working on the engines. They were also working on the body of the plane too. So for any repairs and this guy, before he got into the military, he was working on the railroad uh, stations, uh, railroad companies in Chicago and in Terre Haute, I think it was. And when he went overseas, they went to, and again, I just went off of his DD-214. Yeah. So he was, he went from Terre Haute to, um, oh my gosh, where was it? Terre Haute to Nevada, Nebraska, Nebraska. And then from there, he went down to Florida or Mississippi into Florida. And then he went over to France or no, excuse me, England. And then on the, on D-Day, he actually was with the unit, the, I think he was with the, he was following the first, uh, the first army, which was the major army that was hitting the, uh, the beaches of Normandy and pushed all the way through up to Germany. Well, because he was a plane engineer or plane, uh, an engine mechanic, excuse me. Mm -hmm. Um, he was following the first army all the way through. So every time that they hit a battle, he got an award and he had what's called uh, six bronze stars. He had six of these things. Now, bronze stars in general are really hard to do. They're really hard to get. They're like the, I will, I'm going to remember, sure, it is the second or third down from a Medal of Honor. And he, this guy had six of them. He was at every major battle because as someone that was on a, a plane, um, because his unit was their, their uh, air support, he actually had to be back there not only to repair the, the planes, but he also had to be on um, guard duty behind the lines, behind the front lines. And he had to sit down, a, a, every time they moved up, he had to set down a new airfield. And also, by the way, whenever the, um, when enemy, the enemy got caught, they had to bring yeah. the prisoners back and he had to guard them, but he also had to help 
take care of the wounded and ship them back. So there were so many weird things about that. But one of my favorite stories with him, and I'm sorry I took this over, but I thought this was really interesting, is the fact that the day before D-Day, he actually was told to go in the middle of the night and paint stripes on every plane. The reason being was because some of our planes had mm -hmm. gotten uh, gotten uh, taken by the enemy. So if we had not done that, then we would have been uh, bombed by our own planes. Wow. So this was the way that we could figure out which ones were which. That's an awesome story, man. Um, and it reminds me of like, because I've seen I've seen videos on of them online where um, it's almost like the present person is reliving their family's history or their family's lineage, mm -hmm. um, and that kind of ties into what we were talking about as far as um, when you were when you were telling me about my fantasy character of taking an oath and like the importance of it. Mm -hmm. um, and even though even though that within itself is, is fantasy um one of my things that i've always that i've always said in regards to people is um sometimes your internal commitments are more important than your external ones and um people as much as i love people but people can sometimes be um very fickle in their own ways mm -hmm. respectfully they can be very fickle, but usually where your heart leads you is not wrong. It might lead you a certain place that you might disagree with, but your heart and your intuition usually know the way for you. And sometimes you don't necessarily have to ask questions, although sometimes they're important, it has its uses, but sometimes the answer that you're seeking is already inside of you. It's not on the outside. And so um, I just felt that to share that based on your share, because that's how it sounded. It sounded like, because um, I know for myself, like even when people have like passed away and passed on or whatever you call it, um, I do feel like they visit you in dreams. So they visit you in a certain, maybe you're drawn to like a specific thing, or you might find yourself um, experiencing deja vu at, at some point in your life. And I feel as though that that could also be family members that have passed on. And my thing has always been that I don't feel like they necessarily pass away, but their energy merely just merges with yours. So it makes you make decisions that you normally wouldn't. So I feel like that's one of your ancestors or somebody that's passed on trying to tell you something. But go ahead. No, about to say, it really does feel like that sometimes. It honestly does. I know that I've had at least one dream in my life since my dad passed away mm -hmm. uh, back in 2002 uh, or two, 2003, excuse me, um, was the fact that I think it was maybe, I think it was like three years ago. Yeah, it was three years ago. I had just started doing voiceover and I was just tired. Yeah. Because I've been pushing, you know, audition after audition after audition. In my first year of doing this, and I've been doing this almost three, my first year, I put in almost a thousand auditions and I got 10. 
And mm. out of those 10, seven of them were for free. So yeah. I was very just, I, I was done with it. I was about to just go back to doing the nine to five job and say, hey, I tried, it didn't work. And that was it. Yeah. And I was almost done. And then I, one night I actually had a dream where I was at some, I want to say some type of barn. And I remember just sitting there and then my dad showed up right next to me and says, no, you need to stay on this course because you're yeah. going to go, you're going to go far. You are going to see so many things. You're going to do so many things and you're going to be so happy that you did. Yeah. And because of that, it gave me a little bit more push to, okay, I'm going to continue this job. I'm going to continue doing this. And it, it gave me a little bit more passion because the funny thing about it is, is that my passion has actually moved a little bit from voiceover to the writing now yeah. because of the podcast. And it's like, okay, it's still staying there, but it's like encompassing other things. Yeah. And because of that, you know, I've been able to do things that I never thought I would do. I was, I've been able to do a TV series before that they're winning 30, what was it, 35 more episodes after the 12 that I already did. And by the way, it hasn't even aired yet. Nice. Um, it's actually on TBD. I think it's going to be coming up within the next couple of months, hopefully, God willing. Uh, it's called Planet Wild TV. So think of like um, America's Funniest Home Videos, Discovery Channel, and uh, Animal Planet all rolled up into one. Um, and then I've been able to do multiple promos for, for businesses that have helped them to get better. I've been able to do an audio book. I've been able to do explainer videos. I've been able to do um a lot of things i'm actually working on another uh animation right now it's called mally kids and it's to present uh to little kids what it's like to actually work in the uh film industry nice. and just the little things about that so they can get them more into what they're watching and like building up that creativity in it and i wouldn't have done that if i would actually stopped and i wouldn't have met you yeah you know it's funny um what came to mind when i was listening to you share is i actually had the opposite um much like you my my i'm really like spiritually close to 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 grandpa for me yeah. it's it's grandpa and um i had a similar conversation that you had with yours um with with mine um, cause I was, I was at like a, I felt like it was like a crossroads of trying to figure out what I wanted to be known for. And I, and I put it out there to, uh, God, the universe, whatever title you'd like to put on it. I put mm -hmm. it out there that I was really trying to figure out what I wanted to be known for. Mm -hmm. And, um, I remember having a conversation with my grandpa and a dream about it. We were walking through a field. Um, it was like a grass field. Um, and I was asking him like, man, like what, what is it that I'm supposed to do? And he gave me this, um, this nudge to, he asked me, how do I feel about stuff? 
Like, what's your, how do you truly feel about things? And at the time, um, I don't deal with this anymore, but at the time I said, well, uh, I feel like I should be further. I, I feel like I should be doing more. I feel like I should be further. And he said, well, um, I think that you should, you should write about that. Like you should write about your experiences so far and where you see yourself kind of projecting. And it was like that small conversation made way for, um, and I've shed, I've admitted this to people, but I, I almost have shed tears over it because I was not expecting to be at book number maybe six that we're talking about. And it yeah. stemmed from a conversation. It stemmed from a conversation that um, my grandfather felt like I needed to hear. And so even though I have days where I don't want to do it, uh, I often ask myself, what would grandpa do? What would, mm-hmm. let's do? What would my grandmother do? Like whoever happens to be visiting me. And so now that I have the experience of, of, of book writing, um, it's crazy because now that I've become a podcaster, that much like you, that has opened up the door for um, now to be connected to people internationally um, and be in spaces that I feel. But my yeah. voice can get there, like my books or whatever I come up with can get there. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy um, how sometimes, like, and this is also something that I was talking about, but how one dream that you may have it seamlessly makes way into another one because i didn't plan on becoming a speaker although i might have subconsciously (laughs) thought about it but i wasn't sure how it would manifest i wasn't sure who would help me do that but i started off doing the simplest thing that came naturally which was for me it was writing and then Mm -hmm. once i got used to um just letting my thoughts be on paper it made it a lot for me to just speak about whatever's on my heart and my mind so whatever even if I come up with a podcast episode whether I think of a new book to work on um I don't hold anything in I really don't not at this point because I feel like somebody somewhere needs to hear it so I don't know who I don't know what time they need to hear it and I've taken a lot of trying to figure out the what ifs I've taken that out of it and I just speak like I just speak on whatever it is that I feel that I need to speak on so it's it's crazy how one dream kind of makes way for another one is the point but yeah go ahead sorry for the rant or oh no no you're good you're good (laughs) you're good absolutely fine no I I agree with that completely because it, it is to the point of we all have dreams. We all have these points in our lives where we see things, like you said, deja vu. And when you can see that stuff, it really does help to to keep you moving forward. You know, yeah. there's a lot of people that just think, oh, it's just a dream. It's never going to happen or anything like that. And they don't take that chance. But for those of us who do take that chance, it's like, okay, I need, I know that this is going to be coming up soon. It may be, you know, a year from now, maybe three years from now, but at least I know what's going to happen. And right. 
there was one that I've had <laughs> countless times in my life. Uh, I, I still remember having it when I was a teenager. I want to say it was like 13 or something like that. No, less than that because I was in my old house, my first house I got to. So I was probably in my teen, uh, probably about 10 or something. And I remember like being on stage, like going to this specific area. It looked like a theater. Mm-hmm. And it felt like they wanted me to be there. And I just remember going on stage and then going and then shot to like this going through like the, the ducks, air ducks, and then into a tunnel and then be coming up. And I was in this room and I, pres- I presumed it was just my room, yeah. but it was something a little bit different about it. And then, you know, years went on. And then, like I said, like, three i had it in my 20s again at some point and then a couple of years ago i had that same dream but it was like okay now i'm an adult going through the same spot it's getting a little bit more detailed yeah. but i still remember the wall i still remember you know seeing certain things on the wall and i remember walking into it and it was i came in and it was just like this huge arena and i was in a suit and i was I don't know if I saw my age yet, but I remember actually being like, I'm, I'm supposed to be here because they wanted me to be here. I was invited here and I was like, wow, this is going to be fun. This is going to be, I'm going to be crazy, but I'm going to be fun. (laughs) And I remember going through that same tunnel older and popping up and being in my, my bedroom at that time. I opened my eyes like, Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, God. I got you. And even still, even since then, I've had parts of it that have been changed here and there, but overall, it's still the same feeling, still the same thing. So I definitely understand what you mean with that. It is, it's always interesting when you have those. And if you can really see it, if you really feel it, then it means that it's supposed to come true. You just need to be patient with the timing, because again, you may have it and you may feel like it's going to be a couple of months, mm-hmm. but it takes years yeah, until it happens. And that's the great thing about it. It's like, it keeps you moving forward and getting better at whatever you're supposed to get better at. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, I totally agree. And I have found that, like you said, like whatever is for you is, is for you. Um, ultimately and I don't know about you but I I do find that sometimes things come full circle whether it's ideas whether it's um, certain people that you might not have particularly liked or gotten along with the first time around but then they come around a second time and you guys hit it off the second time where you couldn't really get along the first time has that happened for you because I know for me it has like there have been some people that I was like, oh my God, I just want this to be a one-time thing. But the second time around, it's like, oh, so, okay. So I see where you're coming from. Now we could build something. Now we can do something with this. Like has, have you had like some type of similar experience to that before? The closest to that, that I've gotten was um, in high school. I had the, I knew this young lady Her name is Erin Sanders. And um, in school, you know, she was one of these popular girls, very pretty, 
um, that went to the tanning booth all the time. And I grew up at, in an area where I was the only black man in an entire county for a yeah. very long time. And one of the things that we always had this joke about between us every once in a while was like, she would go get a tan and she'd get a little darker and I'd put my arm up next to hers. I'm like, hey, you're getting close. And <laughs> I, from that point, it was like every once in a while, she would always just come directly up to me and put her arm next to me like, yep, I'm getting there. And I never really talked to her that much. We really weren't close at all. We would just yeah. do those little interactions between us every once in a while. And then after I left that high school, grew up, you know, went, lived in um, Bloomington, Indiana, because I was going to IU, uh, my wife started going to Ivy Tech and she was becoming a radiation therapist. And one of the things that was funny was, is that she went on Facebook one time and she was trying to connect with one of her teachers on there. And she noticed that I was already friends on Facebook with this person. With yeah. her. And so she's like, do you know my husband, this, and this man? And he goes, I know that name. And she's like, well, yeah, technically, because you're friends on here. And she showed me a picture. I was like, oh, I went to school with him. And it's like one of those <laughs> things, like there's that interaction, but it's now it's with my wife. And so now they know each other. And it's that irony that, okay, she's coming back into my life in some way, shape or form. Yeah. So I think that's the closest thing that I've gotten to that. Well, no, that's pretty close. That's pretty close. It's pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that is deja vu for sure. Um, so what new working on at the moment besides the, besides the character, I'm not going to call it character analysis. That sounds so collegey. Um, character development yes thank you <laughs> content thank you. creation um <laughs> hey i'm just building stuff and you could pay for it how's that uh, oh that's amazing man Sign well it pretty up. much is it honestly is <laughs> hey you know i if you guys go to my website because i literally just updated finally finalized the update yesterday because i built my i had someone built it originally and I just didn't like the design of it. So I went mm -hmm. on, I learned what I could do on Wix and stuff like that. So I updated my website uh, finally yesterday. It's called, it's at MacGriffinVO, M-A-C-K-G-R-I-F-F-I-N, V as in Victor, O as in Oscar.com. Mm -hmm. And at, you can go on there, you can see uh, all the thing, all the services that I provide. You can get a look at what, some of the plans that I have on there, some of the services that I provide, uh, samples, you can subscribe to there and get updates as well as I'm going to be starting a blog uh, here in the next couple of weeks about and just write uh, certain things like why is voiceover so important, uh, yeah. put some uh, samples up there of my writing so people can see it, you know, things like that. Um, Honestly, besides that, I'm working, like I said, with uh, Malabash LLC out of uh, Connecticut, out of uh, North Carolina. Uh, we are working on a show called Mala Kids. And like I said, it's about um, these characters. If you look at the animation, it's, it's close. It's like between, uh, if you know children's uh, cartoons these days, uh, Bluey off of Disney, uh, Disney Plus, yeah. and... Uh, 
Peppa Pig off of Nickelodeon. It's like a mixture of that style of, of uh, animation. Um, and I, for the first episode, I'm doing the narration, but I'm also playing uh, a character who's a giraffe. Uh, we haven't given him a specific name. His name is Giraffe. Uh, giraffe does this. It's so fun. Um, but it, it's it's I love I love doing voiceover characters. It's great. Um, other than that, I have like I said, Planet Wild TV. Uh, mm-hmm. Watch TBD.com or TBD if you get it on TV. Um, you'll be seeing Planet Wild TV come up there recent soon. Uh, I just saw a spot for it. They don't have any episodes on there yet, but they at least have a spot, so I know it's got to be coming up soon. Nice. Um, and then, yeah, just anything else that comes up. I know I'm going to be doing a couple of commercials for some uh, small businesses. Um, yeah, I'm literally all over the place. Obviously, with uh, the podcast plan- or uh, Beyond the Pen, uh, me and my co-host Marcella. Uh, did you uh, wait? Did you almost call it Beyond the Planet? Yeah, I, I was about to say Planet something. I was like, <laughs> no. Well, sometimes it feels like I'm going beyond the planet. Um, <laughs> no, we have fun with that. You know this. Yes, um, I do have to shout them out really quick. Um, I was also a guest on their show, and their their vibe and energy is like super comforting. So anybody that's going to be listening to this at some point, if you have not connected with Maccabee or Marcello or both. Um, I would recommend it, man. They are good at what they do, so I would recommend it. But sorry about that. Yeah. Go ahead. No, you're good. Yeah, it's it's fun because the way that we look at it as is that we are, me and Marcella and our guest, are sitting on the front porch drinking our drink of choice and just having a conversation and just catching up with one another. We yeah. love to make it feel like you get that family vibe. Yeah. Uh, me and Marcella will just throw shade at each other every once in a while um, <laughs> just to give it that little make people feel like they're home um, but we have fun with it because we want we love to make our our guests feel like they are the superheroes of yeah. the show which they are and we want we love to tell people that we have a show where authors who are may have multiple books out there but they're not really well known or they just have a they're just newly published and we want to give them a platform we've been able to grow the platform enough to where now we are on at least 27 plus platforms now uh from the original one i think when you were on there uh we were at 15 now we're at 27 um we are worldwide we have people in africa the mediterranean all the spanish-speaking uh countries um europe australia uh obviously the u.s and canada uh we've been able to grow it a lot and thankfully it's it's grown enough to where hopefully it's making an impact on our author's books because that's really what we wanted to do that's the main thing about this whole thing is it's just it's not for me or her yeah it's fun if we can that'll be great but in the end it's about the author absolutely man absolutely um where can people find you i know you have a website uh yeah what are your socials like what's your social media yeah um on instagram and and um 
yeah, Instagram and Facebook. You can find me at, at Mac Griffin VO. Um, you can find me on Twitter at, at Mac Griff 909. Uh, you can find me on Facebook uh, and LinkedIn, also under my name, Maccabee Griffin. And yeah, I'm also on Wisdom. Um, I'm also on Clubhouse. And I think that's all of them. I've Oh, I'm also on um, a new app called OWL, O-W-L-L. Uh, mm-hmm. It's where uh, experts go on to present ourselves. You can pay us a certain amount of money, whatever the rates are on there, and get whatever you know questions you have answered for a certain amount of time. Uh, if you put in my uh, code, which is uh, MG757276, uh, you'll get an automatic $10 to your uh, to your account. And you can use that to go and talk to anybody on there that you want. Um, so especially right now, because we are still in the beta. It doesn't go live until, I want to say, like the beginning of June. I think it's the first week of June. So right now, everybody's at a dollar. So yeah. you can... Go on there, get 10 minutes for a dollar, two minutes for like $2 or five minutes for whatever we have on there. And yeah, that's pretty much everywhere you can find me. That's awesome, man. Um, I'm going to check out Owl like for myself because I'm always on the lookout for new stuff. So I'm going to check out Owl. Um, This was awesome, man. I appreciate you for taking the time out to do this. Um, It's been long overdue. Yeah, it's been over. Oh, I, I wanted to say one of the things that you asked me a long time ago was who was my favorite uh, superhero? And I, I wanted to say on on here, it's Beast from X-Men, because nice. not only is he not only is he strong, he's agile, but he is the freaking smartest person in the room. That and is he's so cultured, too. I love him. I love him to death. <laughs> and he's still a smart aleck. It doesn't matter who with. He's still a smart aleck sometimes. He just does it in a more cultural way. No, totally. Um, I think yeah. you need that sometimes, man. I think you need. Oh it. yeah. And if you're if you're a critical role, uh, if you're a critter from for a critical uh, critical role, um, I would definitely say uh, Percy is definitely my favorite character because he's he's got that nobility, but yet just that smart aleck point of view sometimes. And he's just like, "Yay, he wins, Joy." Okay. Anyways. <laughs> But he's still a badass dude. Sorry. You got listen. You got to balance it too, man. You got to balance. You do. It for sure. You do. <laughs> Honestly, you do. You got to be a smile. Like you got to have a heart, and you still got to be a badass. You know. Ex- exactly. Exactly. Um, do you have any questions for me before we wrap up? Oh, good lord. Um, I already know you have a. I know you like Superman, but is there anybody else besides Superman that you really connect with? Huh. Um, and it doesn't matter if it's DC, Marvel, if it's out of any fandom whatsoever. Uh, you know what? I'd have to go with Wolverine. Um, <laughs> I, I, I do, man, because I, um, in my actual life, I'm, I'm very much a lone wolf. Um, mm-hmm. I don't mind people. I love people, but I, I do get in spaces where. I like to just kind of do my own thing yeah. Um, and report back to people whenever I get done doing whatever I'm doing. Um, 
So if I had to choose somebody besides besides Superman, uh, it would be Wolverine, just because of one, he doesn't like rules, and number two, he can even if he's by himself, he can still hold his own. Oh, uh, yeah. that's that's easily done, easily, <laughs> easily. <laughs> Unless uh, it's a woman involved, then he's probably got a little bit of issues there. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> A woman is always the kryptonite for Wolverine. It's always the yeah, kryptonite, man. Yeah, it is. That is definitely true. That is definitely true. But they can also be pretty dang good at too. I've been married to the same woman for almost 19 years. Actually, 18 years. I've been with her for almost 20 years, give or take. Yeah, almost 20 years. So oh, congrats, man. Say, yeah, congrats on I, almost 20 years. I know. I don't know how the hell I still wake up alive from <laughs> <some> days. <laughs> but I'm blessed. That's for sure. <laughs> absolutely, man. Absolutely. Um, and my reason for asking that, you were probably wondering, what the hell was he asking me that? Um, it went with the theme of the show. So oh, I yeah. always, yeah. So I always like making a point at some point to ask everybody um, who their favorite person is. So once I come up with like a title for this, it'll probably be um, Superman meets Beast or something like that, or a conversation with Beast or something like that. Um, Ooh, nice. Oh, you like it? Oh, really? oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I love it very much. So. It's really fun, let me tell you. <laughs> well, seriously, which one do you want to talk about? Because we've really got a lot of Beast in here. <laughs> I still love that you could do that, that you could switch up your course on the fly. Like, that's... I'm sure that, that has gotten you a bunch of attention when you go outside. Like, I'm sure of it. I'm oh, sure of it. there are so many stories. So many. Um, I, I love doing it in front of my kids. That's for sure. Because one, it on my 15-year-old, it just, it really embarrasses the hell out of him. <laughs> and it's really fun to do that. Especially, well, not all the time, but on those days that he's really pushed me to the point I really want to just kill him. It's yeah. better to embarrass him <laughs> than it is to kill him. Then he really feels like he just wants to take himself out. Um, <laughs> then I just look at him like, hey, you brought it on. Now, um, but my six-year-old, there's a lot of times, it's because they're both on the spectrum, it's a lot different from your regular kids. Yeah. Um, but my my youngest, he still loves it. Even though he's six, he has the mentality of a four-year-old. So he's still in that phase of like, he really likes certain characters. And yeah. other characters, he's like, no, stop. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's I, I love doing it. I love being able to go into these different, these different mindsets, these different personalities that I've created over the years. It's really fun. It's really great. Let me tell you. <laughs> um, but it, you know, it, it, it comes with being a voice actor because there's a lot of times where people will just say, um, they will just straight up put you on, on the, on the spot and like, okay, you're a voice actor. Really? What character do you, do you have any characters I know? Yeah. No, not really, but I can do some. And they're like, Ooh, do me one. All right. And so <laughs> I was just like, whatever comes out. It's yeah. very fun. <laughs> it's the joy of my tongue. Um, <laughs> you, you just get over, you, you learn to adapt to it and just have fun with it. 
I think the point where I just say I'm done doing voices is that um, I'm just like, no, that, just put me in the ground. I'll be dead before I do that. <laughs> um, I enjoy doing it. I really do. It's it's one of the most, the fact that I can say that I get paid to mm-hmm. allow the personalities in my head to have a voice yeah. makes it one of the most fun when I do get jobs, because the, the other problem of being a voice actor is, is that it's really hard to get work sometimes. You'll, yeah. You may go like a year, like I said, my first year, I didn't really get anything. And my second year, I picked up a little bit um, because I networked a lot more than I did auditions. And, you know, my third year, when it comes around, it, it's going to pick up even more because I'm expanding it i'm actually um evolving it from now instead of just doing promos or explainer videos for people when i can tell them about it uh, i can still say i've done a, a couple of good character voices for specific you know small independent shows um yeah. and then later on it may grow into video games my my hope my my one of my biggest dreams out of all of them is to have a voice within a video game and not just because it'd be cool to just do that it, it's my goal is to be able to be in a video game as a character as myself for my kids so when they actually play a video game they can say hey i recognize that voice and it's like and have it a game that they really enjoy so when that happens mm-hmm. i think i'm going to be really happy with it but I have other dreams when it comes to that too. Um, but in the end, when it comes to voiceover, it's just like, I just want to have a steady flow of work because, yeah. you know, you know, as it is being a freelancer, sometimes it's really hard to have that steady flow of finances. And when you have a family, it's even harder because you really just want to be able to continue to do what you're doing. Yeah. But you also know that you have to at least try to do something to help bring money in. Thankfully, because I have a pension from the army, it helps. <laughs> um, so I don't have to worry about it as much. But there are times where I, I may have to go out and give blood or I may have to, I don't know, do something else to, to find some type of money to, to help take care of us. Because, yeah. But the great thing about it is the fact that I can do what I enjoy doing. I actually get up and I'm happy with the decision I made compared to waking up going ah crap here we go i gotta go to a place i hate going to right really don't like (laughs) certain people and i hate the job but i'm doing it because that's great benefits and it has a steady flow of money i'm tired of it i did that for almost 40 plus years i'm done (laughs) so i i do something i love doing and i meet great people so yeah absolutely man absolutely um that was a i could totally relate to that especially uh i think i might have shared this with you when i was on your show with marcella but um i did do the whole retail thing uh before i got into um i call it in my case i call it being superman Mm full-time um I did the whole retail thing, and would I go back? Absolutely, the fuck not. I would not. I, <laughs> I, I would not. Um, yeah. Uh, and that's that's kind of what related me, in essence, to the whole like. Because somebody asked me that the other day uh, when I was doing another interview about how did the 
how did I find a way to apply the Superman part of it to my own life? And for me, what stuck out was how I acted at work versus how, how I acted at work versus how I am creatively. And creatively, um, not saying that I could do whatever I want, but there's a lot more freedom mm-hmm. in it. So if yeah. I wanted to write a book where I cussed like a sailor, I could do that. <laughs> I could do yeah, that. That's true. That is, um, versus that's if I was at work, I, I can't go around just saying, good morning, how the fuck are you? Oh, I hope you have a great <laughs> fucking day. Like, I can't do that. Although I want to, I would want to. I would be curious yeah. and want to challenge myself to do that. But I can't. I can't do that. So so um, when I started to observe that in the creative space, I was able to be my um, authentic self. And I didn't have to feel like I had to put on like this fake smile at work. Um, That's what really, really related me to the whole thing of like Superman. And I could relate. I could relate because outside of work, then itself, but then at work, I had to put on my, oh, so good morning. I hope you have a great day face. Meanwhile, I'm like, I don't want to be here. Like, I just don't. Like, so... And it just came to a head. I found myself um, having like an internal conflict about it because I knew that that wasn't particularly where I wanted to be. Although I did it, like I didn't have a problem doing it. Um, But like you said, like to your point of meeting awesome people creatively Mm -hmm. um, versus being around people that are pre-chosen for you. Yeah. Um, I'd much rather be able I want to work with. And mm-hmm. that's also like, well, I love connecting with you and a bunch of other people that we're also connected with. And mm-hmm. if I didn't make the jump when I did, I probably wouldn't have. I probably wouldn't have connected with you guys. So it makes me even more... Um, grateful that even though I wanted those jobs to at some point work out that they didn't work out because I wouldn't have connected with you guys probably not so I mean it in the grand scheme of things even though I didn't see why certain jobs came to an end um it kind of makes you think like okay now that I could take a step back and, and reflect on it like I see why that that job in particular didn't really go as far as I wanted it to or didn't work out or whatever you mm-hmm. call it. Yeah, so yeah, I'm in the same boat as you. Like, I love the spaces that I'm in, if you will. Like, I, I'm mm-hmm. right there with you. I love it. Yeah, it, it is one of those things. Like, I, I there are a lot of times where I've, I feel like I would be a lot farther if I had continued to do it when I did it. Yeah. Um, but then I have to realize is that that's something that could have happened but it didn't and there's a reason why it didn't there's a reason why i was on the specific road i was on because if one of the things i would say is that if i had not stayed on the road i i was on i would have Mm -hmm. never met my wife which means i would never have my kids i would have never joined the military which means that i would have struggled a lot more in my older age because of not having a pension I would have had probably struggled a lot more and I don't think I was ready for that. I wasn't ready for 
that type of life yet yeah because i would have always felt like okay i'm not going to do this because it's too hard and there's no point in it because i i started to notice that even when i was in college yeah i started to feel like okay maybe this isn't a career maybe this is just a hobby mm. because you know i was looking at other actors and they were you know going into these um you know stage history uh, theater history and knowing all these great plays they they felt connections with it they know all these great techniques and everything and i'm like god i don't know any of that i don't have a a passion for knowing the history of it i don't know, care for this or that a lot of times when it comes to acting i just do it i don't have a specific technique and even today i don't have a special technique anymore i have yeah. certain things that i've picked up over the years and i think for for me and the reason why it happened the way it is is because when it comes to my acting i go mm -hmm. off of what i've lived yeah or what i believe that character is going to feel with that personality because of a b c d or e and that is the reason why i think it's made my acting skills a lot better and i can tell the difference between when i first started to, to today and you know it's one of those things that i can look back and it's like yeah I, i did pretty i did good in you know midsummer night's dream but it was just certain things that people had to explain to me yeah. on what they were feeling because i'd never i never felt it before so they had to give me an alternative to it now if i was in that same show i could tell you exactly how i would feel because demetrius in that case was a character i played but i can look at him now like oh i know exactly how he feels now i know the reason why he's saying this why he's doing this and how i would specifically feel if i was in that that uh in that position so it makes it a lot better when you look hindsight is always 2020 but yeah hindsight doesn't um present you with reality and the things that come with it yeah that's absolutely. the thing that's that's the thing the reason why i feel like i i'm glad i went the road that i did because yeah. it was a lot harder and it made me feel like i can actually do things now yeah totally man um i definitely agree and that's also something that i was also talking about in terms of um like for myself uh being creative in essence made me grow up financially yes because um, i do find that like when you have like a particular product or whatever it is or you have certain things that you might need to make yourself better um it makes you more mindful of where your money goes and mm -hmm. it doesn't kind of give you this mindset of well even if i lost it i'll get it back like it, mm -hmm. it kind of makes you pay more attention to um okay so this said this thing of equipment that i might need um for my books or voiceover whatever you're doing um costs 100 bucks and it's going to make my experience better with people um it kind of makes you be more mindful of what goes in and what comes out instead of just feeling like you can just spend it all and get it right back mm -hmm. um like i know for myself especially now that 
um, I've been building, building a buzz for myself as an author. Um, I always make sure that I have a book on hand, even if it's just two or three. Um, I always, I always have to make sure that I have one, right? Because mm-hmm. a conversation anywhere could could strike up, and not to say that it would look bad, because I can always send them a link. I can always do that, but right. but I do find that um, because I I'm also a physical book person. I love physical books. Yes. A lot of the people that I've interacted with, um, much like yourself, Marcella, and whoever, um, love physical copies also. They love physical books. Mm-hmm. So it kind of puts me in the mind frame of, okay, so even if I am down to like my last like 20 bucks or 40 bucks or whatever it is, um, keeping money aside away at some point, even if it's not right away, I can invest in myself again and I can buy more books because mm-hmm. somebody might approach me in the street and say, yeah, I saw that you wrote a couple of books. I want to check one out. And it feels good yeah. to be in a space where if somebody wants to like check something out, like right on the spot, you can do that. Like it, it just, yeah. it feels good to do that. So yeah, um, that's also something that I've been able to take away from just being creative is, um, that it makes you a better money manager because you're you're never you never know when somebody's going to approach you as the point so it makes it definitely makes you more mindful in my opinion of where your money goes what you spend it on how much you have left like it makes you keep track of almost everything yeah absolutely and for for me as a voice actor and a creative Mm -hmm. it is the idea of like i remember being at a meeting i think it was meeting a specific author and i just i didn't have any any of my business cards on me and i felt like i was like oh man this is so like this is non-professional um even though i could give them a link and everything it just it wasn't the same and after that i got one of the uh digital ones uh, it's a physical card, but it has all my information on there. All you got to do is just touch their, their phone or they did take a picture of a QR code on it. Oh, you're and, talking about, I think you're talking about, um, cause I have one too. So I think you're talking about the dot. Um, I get it from a different company, but yeah, it's, it's basically the same thing. Um, but with that now, I, all I got to do is pull it out and they got everything right there. And that's, that's something that as a, as a business owner, I think yeah. it's one of the greatest things that you can do because you're saving yourself money, but you're still being able to give that information to people because people are always going to have their cell phone on them, no matter what, because it's it, it's our leashes. It, it literally is a leash uh, yeah. to me, so, or a collar, whatever you want to feel like it. But it is still the idea that you never know who you're going to run into, you know? Yeah. And, and, and that's the joy of what we do we get to meet people we get to hear their stories we get to tell their stories and we get to share them as well and that's a great thing about what we do you know a lot of people especially you know the younger ones just because we were there too and we still acted that same way too (laughs) so it's not it's not a generational thing it's just an age thing um so don't get me wrong on that it's not like back in my day i did this and y'all did 
what is going on here? <laughs> no, um, it is it is literally just a, a something that happens at specific ages. There's always that same mentality. Like, I see this and this is what I want, but yeah. I don't want to work for it. All right. I want to see what's the easiest point to get to it. Now, I'm not saying every every young person does it. I'm saying majority of them do because majority of us were like that. Um, but it is that idea of seeing what other people have and like, what's your secret? I want what you have. Yeah. And they just want to see what it, they want to find the easiest way to get there. And thankfully, you know, and this is the great thing about the different generations, you mm -hmm. know, millennials over the years have found ways of doing it. They have found younger ways of easier ways of doing it. That's one of the th great things about YouTube. That's one of the great things about social media is you could do a certain thing as long as you're consistent with it you're going to grow your audience yeah and the larger your audience the more sponsors are going to find you and come to you and say hey we want to pay you to do exactly what you're doing just present our you know our prod product or service a, spe a specific amount of times and we'll pay for this and you know when at my age you know this is where i was like back in my day that wouldn't have happened <laughs> it wouldn't have because people have been looking at this like, no, you need to do this. You need to work hard. You need to put in the time. You need to do A, B, C, and D. You need to stay at a place for like 20, 30 years to get exactly what I have. Kind of thing. It was that mentality. So that's what we grew up with. But now we're growing up as the adults and it's like, okay, we have found there's easy, easier ways of doing it. And we're presenting that to our kids or our kids are, or we're creating it, I should say, for the next generation and the next generation has stepped up and saying hey i'm not going to do the nine to five job i'm going to do this yeah and here, here's the funny thing you know it's it's happening how how big it is when they're actually having courses at colleges to become an influencer mm. which is interesting it's like wait a minute what like yeah <laughs> and like oh my gosh okay great cool whatever but it, it's that's how it is and it's like it comes that old adage work smarter not harder and that's something i think a lot of us as older people or me in general at least um wish we had done at a younger age sometimes because we listened to the older generation and we just got into that mentality and now we're like okay we just need to stop we need hold the brakes we need to change our mindsets we need to change the way we did things we looked at things and make something new we're not breaking the rules we're bending them so that they make they are thrown into a different position and now we have new rules we have modified rules never break the rules we modify the rules and i think that's something that a lot of creative people are looking at now and yeah. It's making it better, honestly. It may not it may not look like that in terms of the economy, but it is because it's changing. It's modifying. It's it's looking at the workforce and saying, "Okay, we don't have that many factories. We don't have many people that want to do factory work. So let's, you know, shut down the factories." Well, no, it's the factories have moved. Yeah, that's the reason why. So now people have to get creative on how to make money, especially after the past two years. I was yeah. in a position where I didn't have to work anymore. 
So right. thankfully, I can do what I want to do and still be able to try to do what I need to do as a stay-at-home dad. So, yeah, I mean, uh, um, I definitely agree with you, and I think that you know an- another thing that people might overlook um, is that I understand that you know that you want to be honest with employees if if you're in charge of a job or whatever you call it but I think that sometimes telling your employees that they're replaceable is where some employers go wrong oh yeah Um, absolutely yeah and you're you're just looking for someone to quit right there yeah yeah because I mean the the whole thing of working a job initially was to contribute to the workforce right that was Mm -hmm. the whole thing of somebody being proud that they have a job Mm -hmm. was to have them make them feel like they're contributing. So, or at least that's where it started. Is that where it is right now? I don't know, but that was a key starting point because they wanted to kind of keep it going. So to get to a point where now employers are telling their employees that, um, that you're nice. I appreciate you, but you're just not a good fit for this or we don't need you anymore and they're just discarded mm-hmm. i think that that sometimes makes way for like you said um people to kind of forge their own paths and kind mm-hmm. of say well if that's what mm-hmm. i've seen other people deal with in the workplace i don't want anything to do with that i don't i don't want somebody telling me that despite how hard i've worked that it's not good enough yeah. or despite you know me spending 30 years at this place that now because somebody else that's smarter stronger younger faster not to sound cliche but mm-hmm. that now that somebody younger has entered the workforce um that now you guys are just gonna boot me out because somebody yeah. else younger has come along and wants my job and wants my spot or whatever you call it so I think that that also played a part in the rise on the rise of um, the. I think they call it the gig economy, where everybody mm-hmm. kind of wants to like do their own thing, whether they yeah. write books, whether they do crypto, whether they invest in whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think poor treatment at the work due to that, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, it's messed up, but I mean, it does happen. But I think that it does light up your ass a little bit, like because it's almost like, well, I don't want that treatment. I don't want what I see my coworkers having to deal with. So, how can I set myself up to where I don't necessarily need a traditional job? I got to do work some type of way, but not traditionally. Yeah, and and that's that's something that it, it brings. Um, when you were talking about you know the not fitting at this specific place there was a movie uh, that Ben Affleck was in it was called The Tender Bar mm-hmm. and it's about it's actually uh, I don't want to say it's an autobiography or biography but it's based on true events for the specific author yeah. uh, it was by the name of J.R. McGuire and when he was young uh, just to give it a little bit of summary, uh, he he grew up, you know, he was in a single single parent home, 
had to move back with his family his wife his mom had to move back with the family to help raise him and all this other stuff dad was a, a dj that just didn't care um and you know he, all he wanted to do when he was like nine years old was want to be a writer that's all he wanted to do but he did certain things because his mom said yeah that he needed uh she wanted him to grow up to be a lawyer because that way he could help take care of people and have a good job and all the stuff so he did everything he he still wrote and he he learned excuse me he he did things to write um he was very good at it um and over the years you know when he went to when it's time for college and stuff he got into harvard he went to harvard law and after he got out and you know her, his mom was so excited about it he he had done exactly what she wanted him now she wanted him to have a comfortable life because again she wanted him to have something that she couldn't have or that she had a very hard time finding and then he then he started to go wanted to go still had that passion for writing um he just didn't feel like he had the capability of saying that he was a writer even though he could write well he just didn't believe himself to be a writer and yeah. this is where i really connect with uh jr on in this case is because that's the same mentality that i had too yeah. i can write really well i just don't i just never thought myself as an author i just thought myself as someone who could write not even a creative writer just someone who could write yeah and one of the things that happened was is that is where it comes into the point that we just that you just had was that he was working with the new york times and of course a girl was involved he wanted to impress he wanted to marry yada 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 mm -hmm. and when it was time for him to be a full-blown reporter you know he had done everything he had everything done but yet his boss had to tell him the bad news it's like the board doesn't feel like you are a good fit yeah and right then and there he's like thank you i really appreciate that and it's like, and it, it it caught his boss off guard but yet he was just he couldn't hold the smile back he's like finally now i can do what i want to do i've got i've gained some skills from what where i'm at but yeah. now i can take those skills my life experience and write and he became one of the best writers in, in during the 70s and 80s. So, you know, that's the great thing about life is that we pick up all these skills that we never thought we would never need. Yeah. And we use them for different things. Like, again, for me, I grew up in the theater. So I know how to, if I'm on stage, I know how to, uh, to talk loud. I know how to project, excuse me. Um, I know how to act certain ways. I, I, I know how to analyze characters. Let me put it that way. Yeah. Um, I know how to sing. So I know how to deal with my breath. I know as someone in the military, how to be tougher, having thicker skin, how to be mm -hmm. able to think logically because I was a supply. I had to do with logistics. So yeah. there was a lot of things I had to do in that job that I still do today to help me do what I can. Yeah. And, you know, as a father, I, f I know how it feels to be a parent. I know how it feels to be a husband. I know how it feels to be 
someone in his 40s who has went through hell and high water, who grew up poor, who worked a middle, not even a middle class job. I worked in a factory for three years. I know how it feels. I know a little bit of information when it comes to medical uh, for uh, medicine. Yeah. You know, I know how I know all this stuff now because of that stuff. And now I take all that, all, all those little skills that I've gotten over the years and put it into my craft. And now I can take things like Dungeons and Dragons, which is mm -hmm. another thing that's helped me in my writing, because now I think about, okay, if I'm going to build a world, I want to build a world where people are going to be enthralled with it. They want to know everything about it. They want to know how to connect with certain characters. You yeah. Know, I created a character for my players. Her name is um, Mama Ashbraid. And she's a dwarf that's 200 and some years old. So she's about middle age. But she's had a great life. You know, she yeah. was one of the, she was the first uh, female dwarf in the uh, city guard. She became uh, a captain. Uh, she she was presented with the um, with the what was it um, the rank of uh, man what was it uh, warden, but she she denounced it because she didn't want it anymore. She was happy with where she was at, and so yeah. she started a uh, started a restaurant that was called. Uh, Kismet's, Kismet's Kiss or Fate's Kiss and with that character I've basically taken all of the some of these little traits from all my mothers I have a hillbilly mom that helped raise me when my dad was uh, with uh, when he was a single parent mm -hmm. I have my adopted mom and then I have my two uh, mother-in-laws from my wife and I can take all those little things and I threw them into her. And because I did that, yeah, my players who are very upfront and blunt when they don't like something or they love something, and they took that character and they would die for that character. So that helped me to write. That helped me to get better at creating these characters. And it's yeah. all because I watched voice actors on the internet sit down roll dice and play dungeons and dragons so it's these little things that you never thought you needed that are helping you to get where you need to be yeah yeah absolutely man and uh what came to mind um for me when i was listening to you talk about it um is the importance of, of discipline. Um, mm -hmm. That's been a big thing for me. And that's been mm -hmm. one of my biggest takeaways um, from writing in particular, right? Because you have to, not saying that you have to get it done in it, but you have to have like a, an end goal in mind for your creative, whatever you're creating. Mm -hmm. And designating a certain time of the, during the day or a certain amount of time during the day to say okay so for the next 30 days I'm going to spend an hour a day on 
coming up with this new book writing project or coming up with this new podcast. Not that it takes 30 days, but sometimes you have right. a lot of ideas. Right. Um, but just even though it's like a it's a small lesson, I find that it spills over into other stuff. Yeah. And it makes way for um, you to really prioritize what's important. Like once you realize the importance of, of discipline um, and you realize that the most successful people in the world are disciplined, like whatever, on whatever level, whether they're media moguls or whatever type of leadership position they hold, um, just realizing that you have to get to a point where you got to be disciplined. Mm-hmm. And even though it sounds so small and so minute, and, but it has big payouts and there's a big return on your investment because of it. Um, the importance of discipline, man, cannot be underestimated, in my opinion. It can. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I think one of the things that I, I've learned as well, um, I was watching a interview with um, Jeff Dunham. Mm-hmm. And he was sitting down with Howie Mandel and his daughter and one of his one of Howie's friends. I can't remember the guy's name. Um, and they were talking about obviously his career and how it's like ventriloquism has evolved over the years since he started. You know, he started back in the he started back in the '60s when he was a kid. Yeah, uh, I think he started ventrilo- ventriloquism uh, when he was in third or fourth grade, something like that. And obviously over the years he's learned how to do it um but he gave himself 10 years to be on the uh johnny carson show um for those who don't know that is late night the late night with johnny carson uh was the one that um jim um oh my gosh what is the guy's name Jim Carrey? Um, no, the gentleman from uh, Saturday Night Live. He's got. He's the one, the host for uh, the late show right now. Um, oh shoot. Anyways, um, he was one before Jay Leno. Um, and what the funny part is is that he he was had the chance to be on the Johnny Carson show, but the gentleman that was in charge of people, the guests coming on said he wanted to be on the show but he just he wasn't ready yet and yeah. it took him he he has to be on that show i think he said 10 times or something like that before he was actually brought on there and the only reason why he was brought on there was because another comedian was sitting in uh in his play in johnny carson's place and brought him on and because of that it helped to boost his career and ever since then you know if anybody knows jeff dunham and his his characters there's <laughs> there's some great characters that he's created yeah. but it's the capability of putting that hey 10 years time i'm going to be on this or i'm going to have this done i'm going to yeah. be in this position when you can set that time frame for yourself it makes it a lot better for you to work hard for that you know i i've had to revamp my entire business within this past year i'm still working on updating everything i've got to create blogs i've got to create 
uh, post samples. I got to create a lot of things. And I've given myself the next three to four months to do it. And thankfully, I've got one of the big parts done. That was updating my my website. But now, now it's like, okay, I'm getting where I need to be. Yeah. Because of the fact that I am working from the time I get up and I start to get at least my kids out the door. Yeah. I start right then and there. And then I... I work until my wife gets home or it's time for me to cook uh, dinner or at least during that time trying to get some stuff done that I'm supposed to get done as a stay-at-home dad. Because mm-hmm. again, that's my priority out of everything. Do I get everything done? God, no. That's why I'm still <laughs> alive. How I'm still alive, I don't know. But, um, but it still comes to the point of even when everybody's asleep, when I get my youngest to sleep, yeah. tell my oldest to go to bed, I'm still right at that point when my wife is going back to, you know, soak in the bath after a hard time being a radiation therapist and lifting people and doing all the things she has to do in the medical field. Mm -hmm. I go right back to what I'm supposed to do before I actually go to bed. Or I may take a, it takes a point of, you know, an hour or two to sit down, play a video game just to give myself time to breathe yeah. or just to give myself some ideas like okay i'm on fallout 4 right now i love the game i love everything about it yeah i'm going through there and while i'm still playing i'm listening to all these old songs which i love i i love everything big band and jazz my errors between the 20s and the mid 50s um but they help to inspire me on certain things it inspires me to go and look at historical figures or historical events and base things off of that. You know, when I was telling you about Lucy and yeah. her personalities, Lucille or Lucia and uh, Lucille, I based that character off of the podcaster. I based it off of, uh, oh my gosh, I never can say this, this uh, queen's name. Um, Utaka. Uh, Bitaka or something like that. She was the last high queen of the Celtics uh, before the Romans came in and took over England or Britannia. Um, and then off of uh, Queen or Empress um, Theodora, um, I based her characters off of them. Yeah. And I, because I was looking like, okay, let me, as an exercise, I'll take, okay, okay let me take, um, We'll say uh, Abraham Lincoln and we'll say Johnny Depp, okay? How can I make a character out of them? They're two different characters, two separate people from different times, everything different about them. But I have the, I can make a character based off them because of the intelligence, the honorability, um, the mentality and morale state of Abraham Lincoln and I can take the mindset of Johnny Depth and his kookiness, his hardness of like um, being a rocker, being an actor being able to be just this wild crazy uh, unknowing ridiculousness that's coming your way or 
his seriousness and his the capability of him being a great actor and i can put that into a character that's how i do it and a lot of times here's the other thing that a lot of people don't think about uh, when i do my stuff because i love dungeons and dragons so much a lot yeah. of times i'll ask myself a couple of questions and i'll just roll a dice to see what it lands on nice it can be completely and utterly different from what I'm like, okay, I want this, but this is what it's coming up to. Okay, how can I make this logically make sense? And that's how I do it. And somehow, some way, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but I make it happen. And I make it to where it could logically make sense. And I can ask, if it doesn't work, I'm like, okay, how, okay, maybe if I ask this question, this question to it and go. And a lot of times it will work out perfectly. Yeah. So you just have to look at these different things about people. And that's where it comes back to history is a lot more. What, what is a uh, fact is um, weirder than fiction. Yeah, I think that's how it goes. Yeah, something like that. But anyways, but it is that mentality of we do that in our lives the same way. We have to just figure out what we want and how we want to get there. I love that, man. Um, I appreciate you for taking the time out to talk to me, man. This has been long hey. overdue. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's just been long. Uh, <laughs> I think I think you got enough here for at least two to three different episodes if you wanted to. Uh, <laughs> no, probably. <laughs> Um, this was awesome, man. I'm, I'm glad that we have crossed paths, whether that was wisdom or clubhouse or Instagram or where haven't we crossed paths? I think even wisdom. Um, think, yeah, we, we fit everything, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> honestly. Um, but I don't want to take up too much of your time, man. Uh, oh, I know you've got man. other stuff that you got to do. So this yeah. was awesome. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Hey, no worries, man. I appreciate you. And, you know, when you're ready to work on another, on your first fictional book, man, I'm ready for you. I've already <laughs> got a couple of ideas for you, for that character. <laughs> I'm serious, I'm, man. I'm sure you keep them locked and loaded, man. You're like me. <laughs> oh, th there's so many things that I just, I don't even know how my own personality is sometimes. I think sometimes it's just one of my other personalities taking control and just making me work a certain <laughs> way. <laughs> But that's how it is sometimes, you know. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Um, but before we wrap up, can you do me a favor and send me, because um, I know that you had did like a, I don't know if I can call it like a mini breakdown of like a fictional character for myself, but that was super mm -hmm. awesome. And that was like spot on. Um, so if you could like send me like a description of it on Instagram, I would like totally... I would totally print that out and like keep it somewhere. Honestly, I, I would do that. Yeah, um, absolutely. I'll I'll uh, I'll work on it and uh, I will get you a breakdown of it. I'll even e I'll email it to you. How's that? All right, that sounds good, man. I appreciate Since it. Since I still have it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'll be happy to do that because yeah, again, I I would be happy to do that with anybody. In in fact, what I'll do is I will send you a. Um, a part of what I did for 
one of the other podcasters so that you can see an idea of how I write. And yeah. then I, I will work on that character for you as well. All right. That'll keep me busy while I'm waiting. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah. Trust me. Yeah. yeah. Trust me. I, I will, I will send you a picture of my notes here in a bit. And uh, so you can see how crazy I get. I, I literally have my, Oh my God, my notes are just insane. I, I am <laughs> such an architectural writer. It's not even funny. I have birth dates. I have births and deaths of every character. I have specific places they were born, how like everything about them all written down in, in a specific timeline. That's how in depth I get. Dude, I'm excited already. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited already. Cause I, I will, uh, cause yeah. I love, um, I've always been in personality breakdowns. Like when somebody can get like an idea of your voice or mm -hmm. they might see how you walk like a certain way and they can say, okay, so based on how you walk, this is how you are. Like I've, I've always mm -hmm. been interested in people that could do that. So the fact that you can do that with like fictional characters and take like bits and pieces of the podcaster or the author or everything that they have going on and make like a um like a character analysis or character development of what they've mm -hmm. told you i think that that's like a gift within itself like i think that that's like awesome it it is it's, it's one of those things it, it's it's something i've had to analyze for myself yeah really lately uh recently just because again what i did for you is just off the off the you know off the on the fly yeah and for me it was always i can do that because again improv has helped me to do that but as i don't know if i if you saw this last time that you were on my show was that i have because i was a dungeon master i have all my uh, minis from dungeons and dragons right above me right now and i use them as as inspiration all the time nice. it's insane how i do it but it's it's fun. I I love doing it. It's honestly sometimes I think that's more of a passion for me than actually voiceover is. Voiceover is more a way of getting the voice out. Yeah. And writing the characters out is more of like what I really love doing. And I I honestly really because this the service is still in its beta phase. You know, I will put this out right now to everybody out there that listens to this. I will actually put a discount, a 10% a discount on this. Mm -hmm. What I would normally uh, talk to people with or charge people for because of the fact I want to get as many people uh, under this service just to see what everybody thinks about it and how that they can present it out to people because I truly believe what I can do for people is something that people can take run with it and be successful with it. I may not be the, you know, the biggest expert on podcasting or voiceover or anything other than of that, but I sure as heck can tell you, I can create a character for you within a couple of days and have them mapped out properly for you honestly that's awesome man um i think i think you should tap into that more often 
Because um, as the, not to sound cliche or anything, but they do say that your gifts will make room for you, and I feel like that is mm-hmm. um, one of your gifts, man. I really do. Like I just based off of the little bit that you shared about it, um, I feel like you should do that more often. Like I, I feel That's like that's what should. I'm trying to do. That's what I'm trying to do. And I'm going to be happy as can be when I can do it. Just that service sometimes. Like, yeah, I will create the characters for you. And you can buy them off me. I can do the lore for you. You can buy it off me. That's fine. You can use it. We can mm-hmm. come up with a, a plan of maybe even uh, I charge you a certain amount of money. And then we share in the royalties for specific things. Or if you want me to help you write a book, we can sit down, talk it over create certain things work on a book together i'm happy to do that with somebody honestly um and then you know also taking the fact that hey we've got this now hey i can present i can do some character voices for you to give you a better sense of what they sound like what they act like how they feel um and when it comes to the audiobook coming out when it when it's published hey I'm already there for you because I'm a voice actor. I've already done one audiobook already in, in the nonfiction. I've worked on plenty of others over the years as samples, and I'm right here for you. And oh, by the way, I have a podcast. We can present everything out worldwide. <laughs> you know, it's it's one of those things. Like I I I don't. A lot of times I really don't do this. I really don't push myself out like this a lot to people. But mm-hmm. because of the fact that I believe in what I can do for people, I really am very passionate about it. I really am. I am not someone who's going to just throw it out of the character. I, and this is one of the things I really love about this. Is like, yeah, I have plenty of characters in the background. I've already written down a few of them. But I really love making a character that's more towards the author themselves taking little things of that author and putting them in the character because i believe that's going to make the author feel more connected with that character because as you know as an author yeah the more that you feel like you've got something personal of yourself in it the easier it is for you to write and the more passionate you are about the project absolutely Absolutely. Um, but I do got to wrap this up because it's oh, yeah, absolutely. Like two hours. I, yeah, I've got, <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I know. But I, I, love this. Like, Holy crap. I love this, man. Um, I do love this. And we should totally do like a part two. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Hey, so... maybe, maybe, maybe down the road, we after we start working on working together on something, we can present it yeah. that way. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, so how do you want me to send this to you? Do I'm going to send it through email, through Instagram? How do you want me to send it? Any way you want to. All right. So what I'll do is I'll, um, I'll download it to like download it and import it. So that way you also have it like for your show and you can like break it up and break it down if you want to. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. man. Again, this was a, um, I appreciate this, man. I really do. Hey, no worries. I appreciate it, man. All right. Have a good day, man. You too. Take it easy.